Hello and welcome to Drop the Ball. We are back with another episode, and it was such a nice bye week for the Chiefs. But first, I do have to ask you, Jackson, and Oliver's not here this week because he's a loser, but yeah, it's okay, we'll say it. Um, but, Jackson, we've been starting out with uh, something off topic, not of sports. Just a little blurb into our life. Yeah, know, exactly. Whatever. But, but it since it was Halloween yesterday, mm-hmm. I feel like I have to... As we were, what time we were recording this? It was recently Halloween. Yeah, and you got to give me your top five candies for Halloween. Top five candy? You're not even gonna let me think about this before. Wow. I know, okay. right, guys? He's he's ambushing me with this one. I know. So like, so um, but but here's the deal. Like, I brought in I brought in like gummy worms to you that were like small gummy worms. But I don't say I don't see that as like Halloween candy. No, I don't think that a lot of people give that out on Halloween. Yeah, like that's like you got to have like the like the staples. Right. So I'm gonna say like number one crunch okay when i was a kid i would go ape shit for crunch bars okay in my halloween candy and i'd say because they're very similar number two is kit kat yeah kit kat kind of rocks um number three the varieties of the kit kat are awesome right too. yeah they <laughs> like, do a lot of cool stuff with halloween their halloween stuff yeah anyway um number three i'm gonna say reese's cups yeah four i'm gonna throw a bit of loop here i've done a lot of chocolate skittles Oh, dude! Yeah, you gotta get the sweetie, the the sweet, sweet. Skittles are four. Gives you a little bit of switch up from the chocolate. Um, five. I'm trying to think of something that like got me really amped up as a kid. You know, probably like cookies and cream Hershey's. I'd say that like I just had one. Right. I (laughs) like. I don't think that like on any other list they'd be like top five candy. But, like, I think, like, during Halloween season, it was really awesome because, like, you would get those and they would taste different than, like, all the other stuff. Like, you got a lot of, like, normal Hershey's and you got a lot of, like, like chocolate chocolate. But then you get, like, a little white chocolate with some, like, Oreo pieces in there. You know, like, it was a nice little switch up. Yeah. So, I'd say those are probably my five. Crunch, Kit Kat, Reese's Cups, Skittles, Boom. cookies and cream Hershey's. Yep. Yeah. There it is. It's immortalized. Right here. Jackson's top five Halloween candies. Exactly. Okay. Hot chocolate. Hot love chocolate? Hot chocolate? I said a lot of chocolate. A lot of chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta get the sweet in there though. Like that's a pretty important thing. Yeah, I feel like if I really were to revisit it, I'd probably throw something else in there. Like, like Smarties are awesome. I used to oh, call yeah, them. Yeah, Smarties kinda rip. I yeah, I'd probably throw something like fruity or sweet, like not chocolatey in there for that fifth spot if I had more time to think about it. But yeah. like off the top of my head. Off the dome, I think that's where I'm going to go. I used to call them turtle vitamins because I was obsessed with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Smarties. We're talking about Smarties now. Turtle vitamins. Yeah, because I would be like, yeah, I'm going to take that. <laughs> and I'm going to be ready for it. You would wear like your, like on pajama day in like third grade, you would wear like your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Absolutely. And I, you <laughs> bet, you bet your ass. I had a sigh, which is the thing that Raphael has. Yeah. He has two of them. Yeah. You bet your ass when I saw it in the movie where he was eating pizza off of it, I was gonna do that. <laughs> and I did, did you like a real sigh, like with metal? Absolutely not. Oh. It was like a, it was like plastic. You like shoved a piece of pizza onto a plastic sigh? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's badass, dude. Dude, I bet. <laughs> I kind of want to do it now. I'm gonna go get a real one and start eating all my pizza like that. It's just it's perfect because it's just right there, and yeah. the the small blades at the bottom they pop it up so Hands like don't get dirty. Mmm. Just eat it right off. Yeah. What happened when you got to the part? And was, like, stack them. Did you like put it next to like the crust or like would you just have to like readjust it as you got to the middle? Um yeah, I would spin it. Or no, I wouldn't. No, I'd spin. You'd eat it in a circle? Well, yeah, I'd I'd spin it and I'd eat it in a I would it. you like would you like go down on it over the top? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you got the last part and you had to go over the top to get it, you know? <laughs> oh. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, hey. Hey. <laughs> Uh, that makes a lot of sense now, actually. Yeah. Thinking about it. <laughs> you guys don't know Matt like I do, but... Wait a second. Hold up. Wait a minute. Pause, 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 Wait. pause. Wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> so... I imagine we should talk about the Chiefs now. Yeah, we should probably talk about sports. Um, the Chiefs had a bye week this week. This is the yeah. Arrowhead Chop Talk. Arrowhead Chop Talk, then some... Uh, yo, we got some... We got some... some Kaufman some, Corner Some interesting drama. stuff in the Kaufman Corner. Absolutely. The, the most interesting things to be said on there probably in like two years. Um, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, uh, the Chiefs had a bye week. Uh, they didn't play anybody. That's fine. I'm kind of glad. It was coming at a good time. We just played a lot of like really tough opponents back to back to back. So, it was nice to kind of not have to stress myself out, especially with, you know, like the college that I root for playing some pretty important games. So I could just focus on that game. Once it was over, I didn't have to worry about like, oh man, my weekend could still be ruined by the Chiefs losing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> so like, yeah, it was nice to have a bye week. I'm excited for this week though. Um, coming off a of bye, Andy Reid's really good. Um, we should mention, I guess we should probably should we go ahead and mention now. It's not huge news. Um, but, oh, yeah. um, the trade deadline happened. I guess there are, we, oh. there is actually, there's actually one addition that we haven't wrong. talked about yet. Um, Kadarius Tony oh, is yeah. a chief now. We hadn't talked about that. Yeah. Think. We haven't talked about that yet. Um, he's, so we he's know, a, yeah, let's highlight the, the, the NFL trade deadline. One of the first deals was yeah, Kadarius Tony from the giants, to the Chiefs for what a fifth round. It was a, no, it was a conditional third. Conditional so third. one of the, one of the picks that the, that the Chiefs acquired for like Melvin Ingram or something like that. No, it was it's for Ryan Poles was hired as the general uh, manager of the yep. of the Chicago Bears because he is of of a of another uh, he's African American or ethnic group. Uh, then whoever helped that person rise through the through the ranks, right. they get two third round picks, compensatory picks. We gave away our one from this year. We had one. And twenty or for next year, we had one this year in the draft, and we ended up trading it up to get Trent McDuffie. Right. But, uh, and then we had this one, so we haven't picked anybody with them. Right. But so that's fine. But we got Kadarius Tony, for, which yeah, f- f- former twentieth overall pick, e- I believe, first round twentieth, twentieth sure. in the twenty twenty one NFL draft. Um, yes. Uh, he's not as fast, but a lot of comps to Tyreek Hill. Um, coming out of college, a lot of coming out of college from Tyreek Hill. Um, he just was with his ability to just his ability to get downfield and make defenders miss in the open field. Um, yeah, he's he when he has the ball in his hands and when he's on the field, he is absolutely crazy. Right. I here's thing, I love this trade. Um, high upside. It kind of stinks that we had to give up a third round pick for him. Um, but like I, I think it's worth it because it wasn't. It's a compensatory, so it's not like our normal one. It's not. It's further back in the in the round. Um, Huge upside for the guy, and I mean, like he's been kind of injury prone in New York. Yeah, but uh, everything that I've seen is that for this season at least, he's been healthy, um, just underutilized, and it was clear that the Giants didn't want him to be a part of their building blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, and with I think McCall Hardman leaving next year, um, and Juju most likely leaving also, um, I don't think he's gonna be what Juju is. But I think it's really easy that at worst he could be what McCall is. Um, yeah. And he's on a rookie deer f- deal for next year, and then we could also take his option for the year after. So we no. could have him for two years, right? Next year, 
in the year after, he's still under. This is his second year. So we could have him for, for three this year, three more additional more, years. If we pick up his option three years. If you pick up his option, yeah. And so, if you're unfamiliar, you get a fifth-year option if you're in the first round, and that's what he has. So yeah. you might be asking yourself, why is he that? Why is he getting traded away? It's exactly what Jackson said. Little injury prone. He's another thing is that he didn't agree with the Giants front office with all the changes that they had. He yeah. also was not a part of the of the new he was a part of the old regime. So people yeah, didn't I, really want him around the building and he was like, I don't want to play for here and then they were like, He's hurt. He's like, I'm not hurt. I don't know what they're saying. I think I think it's a good pickup. Um I don't have much to say about it because frankly he hasn't played nearly enough for us to analyze it too much. Yeah. Um, but I mean, <clears throat> bottom line is that he, I mean, there's a reason he was drafted in the first round. Um, some of his highlights in college are just absolutely insane, especially after the catch. He can run through tackles like crazy. In fact, if that's one thing that he does better than Tyreek Hill is that he runs through tackles. Um, and I think that if you, if you really get him healthy and consistent and pair him with, you know, MVS and, um, like Travis Kelsey and, um, you know, like a potential like Sky Moore in the future who, frankly, has been getting very similar usage to what Tyreek Hill got in his rookie year in an Andy Reid offense. Andy typically, historically, doesn't like to overuse um, rookie wide receivers. Um, I think that it'll be really interesting to see how they develop him. I think there's an, there's actually a realistic possibility that we see him um, getting, you know, like a lion's share of snaps come week 13, 14. I think it'll. I know. It, that's we'll that's see. a very early prediction. I think realistically, it's not until next year that we can expect to see him get like become an actual like significant player in our offense. Um, but I think that there's also a possibility he gets a chance to return some punts. So there's that. Yeah, I think that. I think that he could be incredible. Like I'm, I'm. I want to bank on the upside for sure. And I maybe that's just me as a person. I want to look at the upside of everything. But y you can't look at what happened in New York and think that he's going to be bad. That That's what I think. I think that Andy Reid is specifically going to talk to him and be like, yo, we wanted you. Yeah. <laughs> we wanted you when you were about to be drafted. It's just you didn't land to us. And now you're here. We have specifically – like we have plays specifically designed for you. It's not going to be like that offense that he was in last year or even the one this year where they were like, yeah, just go run a route. I think Andy Reid's going to open it up and actually be like, this is for you. Yeah. This is – You are this is number you. one in this play. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think that that's going to provide so much more confidence. And I think that's why people love, Andy, love playing for Andy Reid because Andy Reid is going to fight for his people. And he's going to... He's a player's coach. Yeah, he's a player's coach, for sure. And he wants that trust from you, so he's going to trust you. Now, don't let him... Don't disregard that trust. because right, right, that right. Or break that trust, because then you're in the doghouse. Him but, and Veach have been very quick to get rid of guys um, which, who they didn't feel like yeah. were living up to the standard or lied for any given reason here or there. So. Exactly. And I think that Kadarius Tony, one, will he have a big impact in the game coming up? Probably not. No, this week he like no. I, I would say the next three I'd be weeks. If I think he even, he'll be fielding punts. I if yeah. Anything. I I genuinely be surprised if he actually takes a, like a real snap in the next three or four weeks. I think you could see him out there doing punts, mm -hmm. um, just to get him integrated into the team, getting his legs moving, keeping him still like in shape for the season. But I genuinely would be surprised if he takes any offensive snaps for the next two or th like three or four weeks. 
Yeah, I think he'll probably have like one or two plays. Maybe. And then like that's Maybe. it. Maybe, yeah. Especially since the bye week, they'd probably be like, hey, man, <laughs> here's what Andy's got for you. Learn yeah. these three. So don't don't get too excited. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter talking about how they're going to see him sooner rather than later. And it's like, ah, no. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't I wish. So. I would love to. I think that throwing him into our offense would add another kink and it would make it even better. But it's not – I'm not. But why? By why expose that now? Right. I think yeah. more than anything, you have to be. You have to at least think. Okay, Juju and MVS are just now starting to heat right. up. We the bye week didn't help them, but yeah. they're just now starting to heat up. Travis Kelsey's always doing his thing. Right. McCole had three touchdowns. If they keep using him like Debo Samuel, who knows? Sky Moore's been f- great when he's been a wide receiver. Right. He just when hasn't he, been targeted that often. He hasn't been targeted receiver. often, and. Everybody sees him on special teams, and everybody's afraid of him. I'm speaking for the fan base, right? I feel right, and so that's really what that is. My God, that's five legitimate targets, six legitimate targets. Yeah, and that's I, not even including Justin Watson, who also caught a touchdown right. last last week, and is probably so reliable it's not even funny. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys that if it hits his hand, it's gonna he's gonna stay. It's gonna stay in his hands. Yeah. Um. But a, a final thing that the Chiefs did uh, was trade Rashad Fenton to the Falcons for a seventh round pick. I'd like to see a little bit more. You get a little bit more out of him. But it, the big thing to come out of that is not anything from the pick or from the trade. It's that this is a clear statement with Trent, McDuff- Trent McDuffie coming back from the front office and from the coaching staff that they be- fully believe in these young guys. I think. Um. With Fenton gone, I, gen- I I could be wrong with my numbers, but I think that that means that on any given moment, there's not really any way for us to not have three or four guys or three guys on the field that were from this draft on our secondary at any given time. Uh, Trent McDuffie, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson. So Jalen Watson and Trent McDuffie, I think, I think you'll see them. So to answer your question, yes. Yeah. I think that's probably the case. And I think that for the moment in time, you'll see Jalen Watson getting most of the, most of the stuff. And then Trent McDuffie will will come in and out in the slot probably. Uh, that's how I think they'll use them. I also don't know, and I'm not inside, and I don't know how Steve Spagnuolo wants to use them. Clearly, it is for a reason that they got rid of literally somebody they've had and has been a, a staple in the secondary he's, since I he mean, was drafted he's, he's in the, the sixth round. Yeah, he's, a, he's the most veteran player we have back there. Yeah. Even more so than like – Legereus Sneed. Yeah, so um, – which also, quick, 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 right here. Lajerry Sneed has got to get an extension in the off season. Yeah, right? I like, think extend him during the season. Fuck the off season. Do it now. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, because God forbid he starts picking up interceptions as well as sacks and stuff like that, and he, I mean, well, nobody throws on him. Right. That's what's yeah, up. That's nobody, I mean, he doesn't get interceptions because nobody wants to throw to him. I think, and I think um, that's because everybody else is more open or right, like they right. like their odds with rookie corners more. Right. Um, but I think that's testing Jalen Watson even, even more. If he can get better and better and better and better. Holy hell. Yeah. Like I think, I think that um, there's a really interesting, um, there's a lot of really interesting things going on in the uh, chiefs locker room right now. And I'm not going to sit here and say that like it's anything crazy, um, but there's going to be some things to watch the next couple of weeks to see how they play out, especially with how, um, how quiet we were at the trade deadline and how clear it is that the Chiefs are very comfortable with their young guys on defense and the guys that they have on their offense. Um, that being said, if you're ready, Matt, I'd like to go ahead and just cover the Titans game. Um, yeah, I think I want to say one thing, and yeah. I think that I think it's that, like, just while we wrap up the trade deadline stuff, I think more than anything, we heard the Chiefs were in on, like, three or four pass rushers pass rushers 
and then they just were like not in the sweepstakes and unfortunately like as much as i want to be like oh they should have pulled the trigger they blah 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 it's like it takes two teams to make a trade right like I think, so i think I, teams were asking for a lot and i think josh allen was like the one that everyone was like the chiefs at least rumors were going around that like apparently the chiefs put an offer in and it's like this is what it is yeah. and so like if you guys want to take it this is what it is but usually that means that the jags had way more uh back than right well and i also anything, think that it's so. i think it's po- significantly possible that teams look at the chiefs trying to trade with them and go all right we're going to make you overpay just a little bit um yeah it's almost like so it's too. just a competitive balance i mean especially <clears throat> um especially another afc team you know like they're not going to trade a a, a, t- a a player that could be a pivotal playmaker for the next three four five six years if we extended them which the plan obviously would have been if you were to get josh allen from the jags you would um and i mean the jags at least somewhat probably think that they are going to be competitive in the next four or five years with some of the trades that they made especially like calvin ridley um (laughs) yeah that one's weird so um and we're getting off topic and i i I, but i did want to like talk about this a little bit i think that teams definitely go well you know what like if we're going to give you a player that you're going to try to extend and make your star defensive end for the next six years we're going to make you pay for that you know like we're going to make it you are going to make it worth our while to give you that and then watch you beat us or people that are beating us or whatever with that player um yeah it's what happened today with with the broncos and the the dolphins the dolphins paid quite heavily for bradley chubb yeah i and and let's say i don't think that I'm not going to sit here and say that teams are like, yeah, screw the Chiefs. We're going to we're gonna make them <coughs> give us five extra draft picks for this guy because we hate them. I just <coughs> think that that's definitely something that goes through people's heads. It's like, you know, like we're not going to just let them for like a player and like three draft picks get an all pro outside linebacker. You know, we're going to we're going to make them give us a first round and maybe a player and maybe a couple more picks after that. And I think the Chiefs were pretty protective of that first round this time around. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's, but that's speak- my thoughts on the trade deadline. It was it was pretty light in all honesty. For I mean, the biggest news, honestly, was like Nick Chubb or Bradley Chubb and like Chase Claypool. Those yeah. were like two of the biggest. And the Chase, the Chase Claypool thing, he got traded for a second, which he is a second. I'm like, yeah. what are you Like, doing? I guess if we're talking, I mean, if I we're talking about like some of the older ones, like McCaffrey's a pretty big one, right? But like, if we're talking about like just kind of like today, Tuesday, October, or November 1st, you know, like the deadline trades, those were the two biggest ones in my mind that were like, oh, okay, that maybe vaguely changes something. Um, I think Kadarius Tony could be a huge thing. That happened didn't yeah, happen today. Yeah, but it didn't happen today. But you no, know, absolutely. I, yeah, like that. I think Kadarius Tony and McCaffrey were two of the biggest the whole ones thing, just yeah. of the whole thing of the whole. This was a quiet trade deadline this year. There wasn't a lot. There wasn't like an Orlando Brown trade, you know. Um, like the Bradley Chubb one, frankly, and McCaffrey were probably like the two biggest. Well, yeah. I mean, this is the most they've traded in the NFL in one day in such a long time. I mean, yeah, this is it was a just, bunch. it was just a lot of small stuff. I don't think yeah. that there was. There wasn't big playmakers. Still a lot of trades, and right. the fact that the NFL is doing trades like the MLB trade deadline—that like that doesn't happen, right? Like at all, right? So, um, so yeah, I—that's my thoughts on it. I'm ready to move on if you are. Yeah. Okay. Um, we go into the Tennessee Titans. Maybe Malik Willis. Maybe Ryan um, Tannehill. There, I didn't even realize this until I looked just now. But they're five and two. Yeah, they won five in a row. Um. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I After don't know getting stomped by the Bills, they're five and two. Yeah, same I, record as the Chiefs. So I yeah, same record as the Chiefs. I don't know much about their team. I know that they're, 
Um, I know that Derrick Henry is still Derrick Henry, and he worries me a little bit, but I know he's not making headlines like he used to. Malik Willis had 80 yards um, passing. Right. And Derrick, Win- Derrick Henry had 220 yards rushing. Right. We don't, we don't know who's going to be the quarterback, and I think yeah. that means that as long as the Chiefs can prepare for the run, stop the run, or at least contain the run, then they should be fine. Um, we know that they can play from behind. The, like All of their best games this season have been them coming from behind. Um, so it's not a huge deal if the Titans get the ball, run it down the throat, score a touchdown, and Derrick Henry has like 90 rushing yards in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's something that we can compete with because we don't need a lot of time to score. Um, as long as we can force pressure on the quarterback and at least contain the run, I think we should be all right. Um, Play Derrick Henry the same way you have the past couple times you've played him. Right. They've let they've, the quarterback beat you. They've surprisingly done very well at containing Derrick Henry. Probably the only, probably honestly more so than any team in the league. Like if I had to be like I, I if I had to be completely honest, like just off the top of my head, like I'm trying to think like even people that see him twice a year. I don't know if there's any other teams that have been consistently good about like holding him below like 75 yards and like maybe a touchdown. Um yeah, I mean, we'll just have to see. We'll how have to see. Yeah, I, this Titans team befuddles. It's me confusing a bit. because they're just like, they're. Uh, I mean, Mike Mike Vrabel, former chief. Like seriously, like Mike Vrabel is a great coach. I think, and I think yeah. that he just has instilled him as a player into his entire team, which is just like bulldog attitude. We're gonna push you down. We're gonna be hard nosed, and you know sometimes that just that overcomes a couple th- important things. Like that, I think that having that mentality of no, I'm not going to lose, and I'm going to punch you back in the throat. I think that that mentality is going to win you some games you shouldn't really win because people are going to be scared of you. Yeah, and I think he that sticks to his guns. Like you got to respect that. And they they win very close, <laughs> but you know there's still W's, and it doesn't matter. Right? Like who's to say? Like I can't even tell you. Except I mean Jeffrey Simmons is great. But anybody else on that defense? Because I mean, Kevin Byard, I guess. But I thought he was hurt. Uh, yeah, I mean, this team doesn't really have a lot of stars on it, like not at all. This reminds me of like the Chiefs, like early Chiefs, with like Andy Reid, where like Like, we just had like Derek Johnson and yeah, there was like Jamal Charles, and that was it. We were like the four seed in the playoffs every time. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like, I'm a little worried, and frankly, I think that just stems from the unknown. Like, I genuinely, I wish I could give more insight on and statistically. Now, people might not like this, but statistically, we're bad against the Titans under Andy Reid. Oh, absolutely, like bad against the Titans. Like, doesn't even matter who. Like one of our worst playoff losses as a, or like heartbreaking, one of the most heartbreaking playoff losses as a, as a franchise. We've lost them in the regular season twice now. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and both of those were under the in the Patrick Mahomes era, you know, like when we've been losing only like two or three games a year. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I mean like I'm not gonna sit here and say that we're gonna win the game, but there's a couple things about the Chiefs that make me very um excited, looking forward to this game. Yeah. Big one, Andy Reid off the bye. Yeah, that's, that's that's something that people talk about every year, and there's a reason about it, and that's because he is such a smart coach that you give him an extra week to prepare for any one given opponent. And like, it's just insane. It's almost as if the NFL was like, Andy, we know that you struggle against the Titans. <laughs> Here's an extra week. We're going to give you a little extra time to prepare. Cause we think it's unfair actually. Like we, we want to see you. You're so just so good against everybody except for them. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like I, I'm excited about that. And one of the, one of the things that stacks on top of that kind of, for me at least 
is how our offense looked last week or two weeks ago against the 49ers. Um, that was a great defense. Uh, and we really spread the ball around. I mean, like that was, that was the first time that the offense that I have been touting for weeks finally looked like the offense that I've been touting. Like I've been saying, you know, like it's going to open up. They're being slow about it. They're taking their time. They want it to, they want it to be successful in the long run and not right now. And so they're going to, they're willing to look mediocre for a couple games in order to down the stretch look insane. Um, and I say mediocre, they're still like the best league, the league's best offense. Um, but I think that off the bye, there might be some really, really cool things that happen this game. I think that the offense is going to be the feature. I think, I mean, we're, we've got a lot of our defensive guys back. We're missing Frank Clark, but everybody else is kind of there and healthy, I'm pretty sure. Um, and uh, I think that it'll be really, really, really interesting to see what we do with the ball in the hands of Patrick Mahomes this week. That's that and Andy Reid off the bye are the two things that I think are pumping me up for this game the most. I agree. I think that's that's excellent. I you couldn't said it better myself. Oh. I think that uh, yeah, no, actually, <laughs> that's <laughs> like the first time ever. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I think that I I agree with you. They're they're scary for no really no reason at all. I think that the Chiefs will win this game, and I think that the Chiefs should handle them quite well like this should not be close but they'll find a way to make it close somehow I don't know how that's going to happen but Mike Rabel's going to do something or there's going to be a fumble at the end or something like that it's going to be something's going to make it close I don't know what it's going to be yet but uh, I'm okay going into going into bold predictions because I already I have one ready right you don't have anything else you want to talk about at the game I mean, I th- I think this is huge for. I, I think clearly it's huge for both teams. I mean, they're both leading their division, but both are this playing is huge for playoff seeding, especially since you lost to Buffalo. Right, you need yeah. this win. You, well, <laughs> here's the thing. I think that's the one thing that I think Chiefs fans need to understand is that it's you. You should be a little stressed for the rest of the season, because if you want to have a sh- have a shot at that first seed by, um, you have to win out, or at least come pretty damn close to it. Like yeah. you can't and hope you can't the Bills expect Buffalo to lose four something. games. Yeah. The Bills aren't going to lose four games this year. So if they do, it would be a big, pretty big collapse. I think they lose. If they lose four games, they lose like six. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I agree with so you. So I think, or they're gonna like fall apart at the end, right? Like the Chiefs did in twenty eighteen. Right. So um, yeah. if you're a Chiefs fan, get a little get a little stressed for these the rest of the games the rest of the season. Like let yourself be a little bit freaked out. Honestly, that makes the game significantly more fun. Um, like don't don't sit on the edge of your seat. You know, like enjoy being a little bit stressed because this is. We are getting a Chiefs team that is functioning significantly like the 2018 team, where it was all new. You could get a little bit wor- like worried about what was going to happen and how how a specific person was going to perform because there mm. wasn't those expectations from before previous seasons. Um, and I think that that's bottom line. That's what this game kind of highlights is how the rest of the season is going to be. As a fan, this is you're going to feel this way. You should feel this way. But there's reasons to be excited every single week. Yeah, I think that. If Malik Willis plays, this is an if Malik Willis plays because I don't see Ryan ha- Ryan Tannehill making a lot of mistakes against rookie rookie corners. But if Malik Lil- Willis plays, I'd be very interested to see how Trent McDuffie and Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson do because I think it'd be huge. It would be a huge game for them, especially and that, that uh, I'm going to get into that with my bold prediction. But 
I just think for one second I'm gonna I'm gonna dote on Mahomes to take uh, to take Bob Fesco's words. I got to talk about Patrick Mahomes for just a second. I do it. I think that it's crazy that he's fourth in passing yards, two thousand uh, over two thousand. He's he's got twenty passing touchdowns already. He's first in the NFL with that. Um, he's on pace to have more yards than he ever has and have just about as many touchdowns as his career high, which is something that only three people in the NFL have ever done in the history. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's crazy that everybody in Kansas City, I'm yes, be on the edge of your seat for sure yeah. because you like this is exciting football and you want them to play like this and thankfully you have a a competitor with Patrick Mahomes where he's he's wants to win so bad he's not about making money not about doing whatever he's a competitor and he just wants to win he does not care what his personal stats are he just wants to win and i think that Patrick Mahomes is having an mvp season and nobody is talking about it <laughs> And like, and it's because everybody loves Josh Allen, and I get that, I understand that. But <laughs> for a minute, you have to think about how we can't just take advantage of how they're, of how he's going to play, and because like, who knows how much longer he's going to play for this? I play like this. I hope it's forever. I hope it's for the rest of his career. But seriously, you have to enjoy this while it lasts. And I think this is we're on a ride and. We'll see if Pat can take us to the promised land again because I think he will. The way he's been playing, and they literally played the hardest stretch of stretch of games that they've had to play. I mean, judging by what the F and AFC West is doing right now, the only team I'm kind of scared of playing again is the Chargers. I mean, maybe. But other than that, <laughs> Raiders don't scare me. I don't even care about the Broncos. My God, I mean their defense is good, and they'll 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 probably be really close games. But my God, that Dolphin that Dolphins that Broncos team is horrible. There's so much going on. It's with them, man. so bad, and we don't even know what their defense is going to look like the rest of the season now that they don't have their best pass rusher. But um, you're right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They gave a lot of money to Gr- Randy Gregory. But anyway, Patrick Mahomes is having a great year, and it's crazy that nobody's talking about it. And I see the young corners doing something if. Uh, yeah. Malik Willis starts, which is why my bold prediction, if we get into bold predictions, because we ahead, didn't, uh, we we talked about them two, or we talked about the ones from the 49ers yeah, already, game yeah, last week. We talked about our Niners ones. I killed it. Yeah, you did. Per usual. I'm a genius. But I'm going to go ahead and say that three turnovers forced by the Chiefs defense. Damn. So you're banking on Malik Willis playing. Kind of, but I I love the secondary. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Like I think that the more Jalen Watson gets gets seen, and the more he gets exposed, the better he'll be. As dumb as that sounds, like I'm glad that it's like in week eight and nine contests that he's getting killed, because then he can be like, okay, I'm not gonna do that again. <laughs> yeah, and figure shit out. And who knows, it might not stick. But I think it's three turnovers forced by by the Chiefs D and I'm going to do an offensive one as well. Oops. I so think, I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to continue it tonight uh, on Sunday. I think he's just going to continue it. Do I say five touchdowns? No, but I do think that, I think that Juju has a big day because Juju's just been, been crazy, crazy. And I think Juju has over a hundred yards and two touchdowns. I think Juju has a night on Sunday Night Football. How many yards? 
over 100. Okay. And two touchdowns. Okay. So I guess I was only supposed to pick one, but well, I you took two, it. and so now I can't do offense or defense. So um, that's fine. I wasn't going to anyways. You're good. Um, I'm actually going to stick with score. Uh, we I know I mentioned that you know, I think there's still reason to be scared of the Titans. I think that Mike Vrabel teams like to hold their opponents to low scores. I but I also don't know anything about their defense. I do like I I don't think that from my basic knowledge I don't think they have any great pass rushers. Um, maybe a couple that are decent. Jeffrey Simmons is okay. Yeah, maybe a couple that are decent, but nobody that's like Harold Landry's out for the season, I think. Um, I don't know anything about their jack shit about their secondary, which means that they're probably at least league average. Um, like if I knew something about them, they're either really bad or really good, right? Yeah. Um, so if I had to guess, they're league average. Um, but that being said, we've hyped up the offense a lot this episode, um, and we've talked a lot about how we think our young defense is really starting to turn a corner and we're getting ready to see them with McDuffie for the only second week of the season and Willie Gay's back. Um, I think this is going to be a pretty wide margin of victory, personally. Um, the Chiefs? I think that the Chiefs are going to score at least 35 points and I think that the uh, Titans are going to score under 20. So at least a sixteen point win. Boom. That's bold that's bold prediction. The Titans finish with nineteen points. You guys all owe me something. I don't know, maybe a kiss or something. Yeah. Actually maybe maybe not in this climate. You hear like that? something else, yeah. but everybody out there, Jackson gets a kiss if if the Titans are held under twenty. Tell the Chiefs defense that. Yeah. They'll actually probably want to play for that. Do the Chiefs defense give me a kiss if I or do I have to give them a kiss? I guess you'll be there, so maybe. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I just run out of the field. Yeah. I guess they go into the tunnel. Lose your job. Kiss me on the cheek a little bit, you know? Yeah. Maybe some more. I don't know. We'll see. But we have some. Some, like, erotic stuff now. I think we should probably just move on. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Speaking of erotic things, the Royals hire a manager. We're excited about it. Yeah, exactly. And and that is what's going to happen in the coffin corner right after this. Before we get into the next section, we would like to thank our sponsors, the List Show Sell KC Group with Keller Williams Key Partners. If you're looking to buy or sell a home, they serve clients with superior customer service and integrity while going the extra mile to make your transaction the best it can be. Find them on Facebook by searching List Show Sell KC. Slide into home with the List Show Sell KC Group. It's what they do. Be sure to find us on all our social media accounts. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DropTheBallPC. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and like the Facebook page, both at DropTheBallPodcast. And we are back with Coffin Corner, and we have some really big news. Remember last week when we said, we're not going to talk about the Royals at all until they hire a manager? Well, they heard us. <laughs> yeah, they're they're listening, everybody. Nicola was like, uh, guess what, fuckers? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> they're like... <laughs> You know, be that's such a wild concept. Can you imagine the like? We have, sorry to everyone listening. You're nobody's gonna reach it this far, <laughs> but like, could Nobody you imagine like the fifteen people that are that w- that listen to this podcast regularly, and like one of them is JJ Piccolo. <laughs> like, could you imagine? It's like it's literally just JJ Piccolo in the entire country of Finland. Like he found us once, and yeah. he was like, he's, he's like, like, these guys know what they're talking about. They Holy actually shit. like, I get it. <laughs> I. I I, I get it. Maybe that's why the Royals have been so shit for the last like four years because they've been listening to our advice. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
that's a funny literally sketch. Literally, like, yeah. they <laughs> start a podcast and they actually listen. Like, literally, everything that's been happening over the last, like, four years has just been, like, just, because of us. And they do that just to, like, piss everyone off. That'd be a good movie idea. Uh, that is a funny movie idea. <laughs> and, and, like, the people on the podcast have no clue. And then like, they finally get it and they start, like, have, like saying this out, like, super outrageous stuff on the podcast. Podcast that curses the team. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, yeah. Well, um, we hired the uh, bench coach from the Rays. What's his first name? His name is Matt. Matt. Matt Quattraro. Okay, I thought it was Matt Quattraro, but I w- didn't want to sound like an idiot. So yeah, Matt Quattraro. Uh, I was my my brother in law is a Boston Red Sox fan and a New England Patriots fan. We've talked about him a couple times, but he texted me. R- literally, he's the person who told me. I I was on Twitter for like, and I the first thing I read was the manager. It was six minutes ago, but I got a text from my from my brother in law first. I was like, damn, holy shit, <laughs> he's on it. He's on that shit. He texted me and was like. Before they rehired Alex Cora again, um, apparently the Red Sox second option was was Matt Quattraro. Yeah, and it's for good reason. Every every time he's been in a situation, he's what they've won. Yeah, I think um, it's I think it's a really big shift from Matheny. Um, I want to I mean like I, I want to reiterate. I've said this before on the podcast. I didn't hate the Matheny hire. Um, I genuinely like I I think it's a shame that he was fired. Just because of the fact that I don't know if he was really given a chance to compete. That's how I feel um, with it too. I I mean I'm not mad at that. Right. But, right. And but I like, do agree I'm, that I'm, he wasn't given a real team. To yeah, play with. I'm happy that we moved on. I think it was it was for the best to move on. I just think it's a, it is a shame for him, um, like as a person that he didn't get a chance. But that being said, when we hired Matheny, um, part of the feeling or like the vibe from like everybody I think was just like. All right, <laughs> could be worse, um, but this hire seems a lot different. It seems like it seems like the team, like we've talked about, went out with a purpose and had identified their weaknesses under the last couple of coaches, including Yost, um, and made an actual effort to take their team to a place that was analytic, ba- uh, analytically minded, um, and had good roots in pitching organizations uh because we have a great hitting development system and we have a lot of really good young hitters so with the pitching talent quote-unquote talent that we have in our system that maybe has struggled to show that it is talent um, it makes sense to go out and get someone who comes from two different places that are known for developing developing pitchers um, that also being said, he is, from what I've seen, going to be involved in the hiring of the rest of the coaching vacancies. Oh, absolutely. Um, and that could be huge um, given he comes from Cleveland and Tampa Bay, and one of those big vacancies is pitching coach. Um, I think that it's a really big possibility that we hire somebody out of Cleveland with John Sherman and Matt Quattrero's roots there. Um I genuinely think that, and as I, I hate, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Matt. It, I, I hate to tell you this. Here, here's the thing: they've been good at developing pitchers. I, I'm not gonna fight you on that. I've literally told you on this podcast that is one of the reasons I hate the, the Guardians. There you go, good save. Because, because Matt's racist confirmed. It, stop it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And <laughs> and we, it, because every single time it seems like they have pitching. Every right. single time. Right. Every single time. Corey Kluber goes away. Here's, Tris, here's Shane Bieber. Here's Shane Bieber. It's like, what the yeah. hell? Are yeah. you kidding me? And also, if you think any of that shit's... Yeah, the Royals and the Guardians are probably going to match. 
for this division yeah. if if the Royals want to be competitive. Yeah, I think like, seriously. Um, I th- I think it's interesting that uh, at least for Matt's perspective that he hates the Guardians so much. He hates the city of the entire city of Cleveland. He said some outlandish stuff about the city of Cleveland. Oh yeah. He hates Cleveland. I do. Um and we get a new owner from Cleveland. Yeah. We get a new manager from Cleveland. Via Tampa Bay. One of the biggest <laughs> trades we've done in the last like three years. Player from Cleveland. Carlson Tank. Not trades, signings. Oh. Point being. Yeah. Point I got being. so I got mad about that. I think I you yeah, you did not like it. I hated that. You're shit. like, we're bringing the royal killer right here. What the hell? Yeah, I was you mad. You sounded about like it. J. Jonah Jameson from Spider Man, bro. Yeah, I was pre- what? Now? No, like during like Give me pictures of Spider-Man. I want pictures of Carlos Santana doing something illegal. <laughs> I don't want him on my team. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I hated that. I hated it. And you know what? I hate to say it. I was right. <laughs> you were, yeah, yeah, I kind of. Um, <laughs> but point, yeah, I, I think point I, being, I like. I really yeah. like this hire. Um, I, I think that he fills all the needs that the Royals had identified as weaknesses and needed to go out and get. Um, I do. I think we're going to compete next year. No, um, but. I think that next year will be really interesting because we will get to see a full offseason with him and his coaching staff, his new coaching staff to working with the pitchers, um, and another offseason of development for the young hitters. I think our ceiling is third in the division. Um, but that could get a wild card. That might get a wild card. Um, but, yeah, I think our ceiling is third in the division. Um, because I think it would be yeah. – fantastic if we could beat out the White Sox and the Tigers in the division. Here's my thing. I, okay, I don't want to talk about future right now. Like, not a lot. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm, I'm just mentioning next year because that's his first year. I, I agree. And I think that, I'm going to go ahead and say it. They would, they, ha- they would have to be like the, the, the eight seed. Like, the or not the eight seed, the seven seed. Is that what it is? Because the first two teams, maybe the eight seed, is that what it is? Eight, yeah. There's yeah. eight from each side. I could see the I could see the Royals being the third wild card, which is yeah the eight the eight seed, the third wild card. I could so see that happening because you look around the in the West. I mean, the Rangers. I got the hey Chris Chris Young knows what the hell he's doing up in there. Yeah. So like they're on the rise. Like I like them. They're probably in a similar situation that we are. The Angels are an absolute dumpster fire. Yeah. And they have two of the best players on the planet on their team. They're going to waste it. And they just don't, yeah. They're wasting but Mike Trout's career and they're going to get rid of, they're going to trade Shohei yeah. at some point probably. Well, so. yeah, the Angels are a dumpster fire and can never win. The The A's are going to Vegas apparently. and Which I, I'm glad for them. Yeah, thank um, God. I, the, I've always kind of had a soft spot. The Oakland Coliseum sucks. I've always so. kind of had a soft spot for the A's in my yeah. in my heart. It actually, like, I'm not going to like, I was disappointed when we had to play them in, 2013, in 2014. Yeah. And the wild card. Um. They've always had like at least one player that I really liked, and I mean, you know, like the whole money ball thing. Like they're in this, they can share in kind of our pain, you know. Like they get the whole small market thing as much as we do. Um, but back to the, back to the main course, um, the Royals manager. Um, there's a couple of teams in our position, and I genuinely think that right now we might be in the best position out of all of them. Um, there's a lot of things to be excited for, and I think if you're a Royals fan and you are even remotely geared towards bringing a new approach to the game, especially an analytical one, you should like this hire as much as I do. Yeah, I think that it's proving, like you said, that they at least have a plan. It's not just like, let's throw 100 darts at the wall and see which ones stick. Like, they were like, okay, we want this guy. We This is who we want. This is who we're going to pay for. 
let's see what they do in the offseason. We're really not going to see anything until a couple, three weeks after the World Series is over. Um, but I, we do need to mention as well that Pedro Grafal was yep. hired as the White Sox manager. Hired which away from us, yeah. He went in, the in he went uh, interdivision, which is it's a little tough, and that's a little scary. I didn't I'll even know that he was interviewing. Be, I'm not gonna lie. He was he interviewed for the Rangers, and then uh, he interviewed for the White Sox, and the White Sox took him, and the Rangers took Bruce Bochy, which ugh, what the hell they got him out of retirement anyway. But, yeah, Pedro Gafal, I'm so happy for him. I'm glad that he has a team. It sucks that it's the White Sox because if anybody can steer that ship, I think it might be him. Yeah. Like, it's I mean, seriously. I like, think I'm there's not still even, some – Personally, I think that there's some huge, massive fundamentally – or things unsound with their team fundamentally. I don't know if they're – I don't know if they can be a winning team right now just because of – Because of the player I construction? Just think, I just think that they built their l- roster wrong. Like, I think that okay. they went out and got insane talent, and they rebuilt fantastically. It's just that they didn't keep in mind that, like, you can't have four DHs on your roster. Like, I genuinely – and, like, I, like, I've had arguments with people about this, my dad including. Like, I think Luis Robert should be a fucking right fielder. I don't think that he can stay healthy enough to be a center fielder. He's a great center fielder. But I don't think he can stay healthy enough to be a center fielder. Eloy Jimenez is a DH. Um, when they still had him, um, um, Yerman Mercedes was a DH. He's not a catcher. Yeah, he's done right. now. Um, Jose Abreu probably should he's be a gone. DH. He's not. He's not on those socks. He's they, not there anymore. Well, but, I mean, he's a free agent, and he said that rec- he's not recent come years. Back, so. Anyways, recent years. Anyways, he should have probably been a DH. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they had the worst corner outfielders defensively in the entire game last year. And neither of them were really hitting that well because Eloy was injured. <laughs> and their number one um, prospect that was supposed to be hot shit, Yoan Moncada's bad. Yeah. He's, so I mean, like, and, and that's that's just my opinion on the on the Sox. Like, I I don't have any beef with them or whatever. Like, it's whatever. They're the White Sox. Um. But yeah, I just I think they got a bunch of talent, vastly mismanaged how it should be used, and then didn't build around the core pieces of that talent well enough. Um. So they rebuilt and had like two years of like vague success where they didn't make it past the first round of the playoffs. Um, and I, and then like, sorry, background of Pedro Grafalo. I think that he will actually be able to manage that talent. I think, I think a yeah. lot of that falls on the fact that the front office put a large commitment into Tony LaRusa and he was not the guy to do it. Um, that old fuck couldn't even see straight. Um, yeah. And it's because there's an old fuck in the general manager's position. Right. So and he was like, Oh yeah, let's go get I'm, him. I'm happy for Grafalo. He's been great with yeah. the Yeah. I agree. Um, I, he's a player guy, which I think will be really great for their culture, especially after to- Tony Larusa. He's been—I mean, he's not a player guy. Dude, he's um, uh, Pedro Grafal has always he was translator for a lot of yeah, things. Like uh, yeah. he, and he is so with player the huge oriented. Hispanic presence on that team. I think that that's really huge. For and the he's White Cuban Sox. as well. So like um, that huge Cuban yeah, presence. On I the think team. I think that Pedro Grafal is a really good hire for them. I kind of honestly, I was a little disappointed. I love Matt Quattrero, but I was a little disappointed that he didn't really get—he didn't ever really pop up in our job search. Like he did during the Matheny search. Are you talking um, about Grafal? Grafal, yeah, yeah. I think um, I think he needed his a change of scenery. Was thrown out there, but yeah, I think he had been in the in 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 the in the club for so long that it just didn't make sense for him to make that jump. He anymore. might have been a Dayton Moore disciple too. That's possible. And he might have been like, hey, once Dayton's gone, I'm not yeah. out. Yeah. And he's like, and since he he was fielding interest from other people, who knows? He might have been offered management p- positions before or hitting coach somewhere else, and he's just like, no. I kind of want to stay where I'm at. He could have been like that. Who knows? Um, he's been popping up in manager stuff for a while. 
The thing I will say, it, if you remember when George Brett was hitting coach in 2013 and took over for a little bit, mm-hmm. he's the Pedro Grafal is the guy who stepped in after George Brett. Yeah. And then he went to catcher's coach, and his bond with Salvador Perez is great. Yeah. So like, I'm sure I'm sure Salvi probably isn't super happy about it. I don't. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. He was. He was one of Matheny's really close bench bench coaches. Uh, and he was one of Ned Yost's really close bench coaches too. So nobody's it's, really going to talk about it for Kansas City, but no, I think it's a huge There thing. absolutely will it's be a presence so missing huge. in the dugout because he's been there for a long time. Um, yeah. But I think if there was a time to let him walk and go to another team, it's yeah. now. With all You're the right. young guys, like they, Salvador Perez is really the only guy in that clubhouse that's going to feel that presence the most, mm. um, like significantly. So I think that um, – I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm really glad that he got a, a managerial job because I think it was about time that he got a chance. Um, sucks that it was in a division, but um, I, I I like it. I like that move for the White Sox, and I love the hire for the Royals. Yeah, I love the hire for the Royals, which we need to talk more. About. We were talking about that. I, I yeah. frankly, I think that we've covered the most of it. Yeah, just that you're right. It's gonna bring. I mean, the bottom more line than anything. For, once again, can't really talk about anything Royals right. until he at least hires people. Free agency yeah. opens. Like and he plays some games. Already manages some games. I think wh- bottom line, if you if if you want a talking point for. When you're talking to other Royals fans, he's coming from analytical organizations. Um, he's going to have a good effect, or at least a significant effect, sooner rather than later on the pitching. Um, and I think that you're going to see some really interesting coaching hires develop the staff. Yeah. That's the bottom line. I agree with you. And we'll have to wait to see what all those changes are. Boom. Okay. Let's get into America's favorite segment, Drop the Ball. Yes. Uh, do you want to go first, or do you want me yeah, to? Yeah, sure. I'll go first. Cool. Um, you follow it up. Um, yours is probably a little bit. I, I actually don't know anything about Matt's. He told it to me, and I have no clue what it is still. So, um, I'm a little excited. Uh, mine, mine is around the Astros. I'm I'm frustrated with the Astros because I was about ready to like them again. Um, before the whole cheating thing, they were one of my favorite teams in baseball. I really liked watching them. Um, I thought they had a really good culture around them, and they're great. I thought they were really fun. I loved Jose Altuve. Um, but and they just keep building talent. Too. Um, right, and they're great at developing talent. Yeah. Um, that being said, uh, 2017 happened. I was mad at them. I've been rooting against them actively for the last what, two, three years since that came out. Um, but, uh, I was like, I, I kind of like come to the conclusion that like after this world series, I would root for them again. Like, I'd be like, okay, I'm, I'm fine rooting for them again. Like they have enough players that I like enough of the, like the players from that era have moved on. Um, Jose Altuve came out this season and proved that he doesn't need to cheat to have a all all star season. You know, I mean, like he might be a Hall of Famer. Um, yeah, it's a little too early to tell. But point being, ooh, um, that's a, that's an interesting conversation to have, yeah. especially with, with all the, the yeah. Cheating anyway, thing but and all that. yeah, get but, you, sorry. Um, but yeah, I like I was I was like you know what, 2023. I'm not. I mean, obviously, like my two teams. I already have two teams in the AL that I really like. Um, I can't like add a third one of me just like actively rooting for them. So like I'm not gonna like go to my to watch their games or like like root for them, root for them. But you know I'll 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 I'll, I'll like I'll I'll go for pull for them in the postseason. You know like if the Royals or the Red Sox aren't there. So um, they drop the ball. My drop the ball is that right when I'd come to that conclusion, right when I was like, you know what, I'm rooting for the Phillies. But after that, you know, like I would have normally been rooting for the Astros. Um, they go and use an illegal bat in a game. Uh, and like it's not that serious, you know. Like it's not. Oh, you're talking about that one. Yeah. You're not talking about Framber. Framber using the the stuff on his hands. Nah, I think 
Man, that's the thing. Everybody, everybody's doing that. Like, if oh, I was okay. gonna get mad at Framber for that, then like I'd have to go and get mad at. Garrett so Cole, it, illegal like, bat. The Apple illegal bat. bat. Right. The, I mean, like, here's the thing. Framber. Here's the thing. Framber using something like not okay. That's on more on more honestly like more realistically than not. It, it, that was a Framber decision. That was not a like. That wasn't a coach going, hey, go use some sticky stuff. You know, a coach probably was aware of it, but like that was a Framber decision. Um. Multiple people on a roster using an illegal bat that's been illegal for what eleven years now. Um, that's I mean that's something that a coach was not only probably aware of but probably suggested. Um, it's not a big deal. Like realistically, like you think about it, it's like if it was really if the bat was really that unsafe. They wouldn't have had a grandfather clause that allowed Albert Pujols to use it for another 11 years. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, like, how as a franchise, as a coaching staff, and I love Dusty Baker, so it, it's hard for me to say these kind of things, you know? But, like, how as a managerial staff, as a franchise, as a player, are you not more aware of the the stigma around your team that, like, something like that is, like, is like that's gonna make new people are gonna find out about that and like with the stigma that's already around your team they're gonna be frustrated by that and then on top of that framber valdez switching gloves for seemingly no reason between innings um which indicates that he probably had something on one of the gloves that shouldn't have been there that he was using to help his pitching um it's just it's a bad look and it's frustrating um as a as a fan as as um someone who uh, really appreciates people who play the game the right way. Um, you know, that's it's the Astros dropped the ball. Uh, you got to be more aware of your, of your, of, of the identity that your team has at the moment. Um, I think like, I got to think that they were aware that they were kind of starting to emerge from the forest, you know, like they, they had to have been aware that like they'd shown that they could develop talent and put together a roster and go to the World Series on reg- regularly without actually cheating because they've been under the microscope the last four seasons, not four seasons, three seasons, and they've still competed, right? Like, they've still made World Series and playoffs appearances, mm-hmm. even under that microscope. So, you know, like, they proved that, like, even, like, yeah, they did win by cheating with cheating in 2017, but, like, maybe they didn't need it, you know? Um, that being said... Uh, It's you. You just gotta have that. As a professional franchise, you gotta have that like mindset. You know, like you gotta have that awareness of like where you lie on the social plane and like how even the smallest of actions, like using a bat that's technically illegal, could affect the world perception of you. Yeah. Um, they dropped the ball. You gotta be more aware than that. Um, do better. I want to root for you guys again. You have players that I like. I love. Um. Uh, what's his? Why am I Jordan Alvarez? I love Jordan Alvarez for the exact same reason that as a kid I loved Big Poppy. You know, so yeah, he's great. Um, hopefully Jordan gets traded or something so I can root for him. Yeah, probably not. But probably we'll see. Not. Anyway, my drop the ball is uh, Eddie Pinheiro for not missing one, but two potential game-winning kicks. And then before the game, he had like a pregame selfie session on the on the Falcons field. He was like taking pictures with the logo and like of the uprights and everything like that. And then he proceeded to absolutely shank it and blow it 
for the uh, for the Panthers. How absolutely crazy are you to show off where you're at and then be like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm going to miss both it's these like, kicks. It's like Juju dancing on the on logos and stuff, and then their team getting blown out by like 40 points. Yeah. It's the same thing. What are you doing? Yeah. Act like you've been there. Take photos afterward. After you win the dove and after you get a game-winning kick, yeah, then take photos afterward, right? For sure. For sure, for sure. And uh, also, Eddie Pinheiro ruined probably the best catch of the past few weeks by DJ Moore. Yeah. On a, on a, and PJ Walker's throw was crazy. And that flag was Final dumb. Final seconds. That flag was dumb, but we just want to mention that. Yeah. He's off the field, so technically he shouldn't have even been flagged for taking his helmet off, but whatever. Same thing with Tyreek Hill. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. But come on, dog. That's an extra point. I guess that it would have been like a 50. It would have been, I guess, like a 50 yarder then. Yeah. But who's on his Matt Amendola shit? R.I.P. He's not dead. He just sucks at kicking. <laughs> Unless it's 59 yards and he nails it every time. No, that was, uh, that wasn't Amendola. That was the guy they brought, Matt Walsh. Was that his name? No, his name was Matthew Wright. Wright. Yeah. Like yeah, he was the one that broke the record. Amandola, just so it would get yeah, broken damn, by, idiot. yeah, sorry. just so it would get broken by Butker the next week. But. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Butker to be like, I'm, I'm still here, guys. <laughs> but yeah, Butker's like, Butker is interesting to me, especially this season because he's like, yeah, I have big nuts. I can make like a 62 yard field goal. Oh no, a, a 45 yarder. Oh no, not a 32 yard field goal. Don't make me kick that. It's just bizarre. I think he sights himself out so. Much. Oh, absolutely, he does, and I'm sure he g- he'll get better. Like he, that was and like, like his first it's almost game as back. if like in big game situations, f- he's like right, cool. It was his first game back from injury, so like I'm not gonna read it too much hard, too far into it, but or I maybe mean, he's had history of it before. Or you know? m- maybe maybe he's just like no big deal. He's like, nah, damn it. And then like in the big times, he's like, okay, I got I got to fucking like focus. Right yeah, now. yeah, I don't know. Like maybe he, he it's either like lack of concentration, or focuses way too much on it. Right. Anyway, okay, we need to end this episode, but thank you for listening to this week. We Hey, we look forward to Sunday, Sunday Night Football most of the time because of Carrie Underwood's legs. But Damn, that, Matt. Jesus. Yeah, it's great. And that song. That song rocks. And with that, until next time, don't drop the ball. Don't drop the ball.